Shall we begin? All right, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Franklin Francisco podcast. Today, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to have this gentleman on. May is for music. Uh, it's one of my themes for the month, and he is one of the artists that I really wanted to speak to because he is a visual artist. Uh, he has a visual album out. He also uh, does EDM music. He's worked with some heavy hitters in the music industry. I'd like to introduce everybody to the Dr. B. How are we doing today, Dr. B.? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. No worries, man. So tell me, what is the fascination with everybody when it comes to EDM music? Oh, fascination, man. It's amazing music. I mean, that's what everybody's fascinated with. It's just great. I mean, um, unfortunately, I, we don't have it, it's mostly done by white people. Let's be honest. There's not a lot of people of color uh, in EDM music. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I'm one of the few, and I personally love it. I connect to it. Um, I really, I really try to approach my music from um, a different point of view. I try not to do just a standard same 130 BPM. Just yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, that's great. Don't get me wrong, but everybody's got to put their little stank on it, right? Your your little flair, your little style. You want to be kind of different. Uh, for me. Um, my thing is percussion. Like I'm, I'm a natural percussionist, so I always gravitate uh, towards the drums. And if you listen to my music, it's it's pretty heavy on the drums. I mean, my music sounds like you can probably tell a black guy made this, right? So <laughs> it's, it doesn't sound like marshmallow, but it's cool, you know. So now, uh, after about three years, I just celebrated my three-year anniversary of my first single. Congrats. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And after three years, I have um, 12,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Wow. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that and excited. It was a long road. There's a lot of trial and error and you're trying to figure things out. But uh, yeah, I've released uh, over 50 singles in that period of time. And I got to figure out what my listeners like, what they don't like, uh, what they kind of uh, gravitate towards. And it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a big journey. Yeah, and I have a variety of music too. It's I don't just make EDM. I mean, that's the main genre I make, but I also make pop music, um, hip hop, uh, reggae. I just released an unreleased track with Elephant Man a few months ago. Nice. So, yeah, so that's doing pretty well. That's pretty cool. I love Elephant Man. I think Man. we were really high because I completely forgot we had that. I was like, and I came across it and I was like, holy shit, man, how come we didn't release this? That's awesome, man. You're multifaceted. I mean, but that oh, that's the beautiful you. thing about music is, is you can go into different walks of life when it comes to music, different genres of music. But I'm fascinated. Please, please tell me about how did this come together for you when it came to doing the visual album with the Game of Thrones theme to it? What, what popped in your head to get this done? Because I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Right, like, right, I can't right. wait for the, you know, the prequel, the series, this uh, pop Oh, off my God, me off. too, man. I'm like, I'm right there with you. Oh, my goodness. I've been, like, dreaming about this for, like, since they announced it. I, th- I think it's the coolest idea, right? So h- how did you come up with the visuals? For, like, what, what popped in your head to get this done? What was the inspiration? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I'm it's Game of Thrones. I'm very inspired uh, by them and the actors. I really, really like the actors um, in in that series. I thought the actors. I love the accents. I love the different houses. Um, but what I really 
liked most of all was the uh, attention to detail. I love the, the different banners, the different colors, uh, the different logos. And that, and for me, if I was gonna tell this story, the, the one I'm working on right now, it's called Dragonfire. I wanted, to, I wanted it to be that detailed. I wanted to have like my own uh, logos, right? Like for example, check this out. I don't know if you could see this here. I can, yes. This is a storyboard of the uh, God King, okay? He is the father of the Dragon Queen. But if you look closely, I don't know if you could see it. If you look in the chest area, uh -huh. we have our own little logo, our dragon Yeah, logo. I see it, yeah, yeah. Right? It's little things like that that I really, because it's so hard to be original in this day and age with so much art that's, it's, there's so much beautiful stuff out there. It, it's kind of hard to come up with something unique that we've never seen before. So I really wanted to focus on um, all those details. I also really like Lord of the Rings. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, the Witcher, you know, all oh, those I love The Witcher. Oh, man, awesome it's, show. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, the acting is great. I thought the special effects were just on point. And um, when I was coming up with this idea to do an album, I just didn't want to do like a regular album. Mm -hmm. I'm very story uh, based and driven. I, um, I have a best-selling graphic novel on Amazon I put out a few years ago. And so I have experience writing comics, writing stories, writing action scenes. I've done motion comics. I've done special effects. And I just wanted to do something that it was that the listeners were going to say, when they put on their headphones, they say, holy shit, man, this sounds like, like an audio movie. Like, yeah, this is, this is on another level. Right. And I felt like I could do that. I just needed time and I needed time to, you know, get the right team together. But yeah, that's how it kind of all started. And uh, one thing kind of led to another, it was, it was originally supposed to be a live show, but because of uh, COVID and all the inconsistencies with the opening and closing, opening and closing, I decided to turn it into a visual album. But when you see the live show, it's going to be myself with probably about eight to 10 members of a chamber orchestra. Mm -hmm. We're all playing the music live, but you see these massive screens in the background and the screens with all the storyboards is telling a further story. And, and we also have narration uh, by some great voice actors. I hired a couple of people, like I hired this one guy, Ricky, to play Zeus. So Zeus is really, he's narrating the story, but he's telling the story from his point of view and what happens. Um, so when you put all that together, you know, I'm hoping to create just a unique and beautiful experience. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, it, it's brilliant, man. You can feel the, like you, you can feel the passion you have behind what you're saying, man. <laughs> like there's you. a real passion behind what you're doing. And to yeah. me, that's what makes this, it makes the grits a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. You, it's just, you can tell you have it. You can tell like, this is something that, that drives you and you want to complete it. I wish I was I'd be able to go there and see this because you're you're in uh, Toronto, Canada, correct? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Um, but what I'm doing is I'm putting together this visual album so the whole world can enjoy it, right? I mean, like I said before, it started off as a, as a live show, and I wanted to do something uh, locally, um, but due to the inconsistencies with, with with practicing and getting everybody together, I said, man, why don't I put it together? Focus on the visual album. That's something I can control. That's something I can do uh, a lot of the I could take a lot of my experience with special effects and, and sound. I could bring this to the table and really turn this into like an audio film. Uh, so that's what I'm working on now. And I'm doing two different versions of it. So when you watch the visual album, you definitely 
obviously see the visuals and the storyboards and the, the animation and things like that, but it is 99% music driven, right? So you're gonna see a lot of action and battle scenes, but the music you're gonna hear is opera music. Uh, and then halfway through the album, I'm not gonna say what happens, but let's say things change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came up with this idea. Originally the album was only gonna be opera. And then it turned into opera and uh, classical music. And then I put some cinematic music into it. And then when I was done with all that, I felt, well, at this point in the story, we were going through rewrites and the whole world changes. And I thought, well, what if all the music changed at this point too, right? The visuals, all the visuals changed. So then I was able to very tastefully put some EDM music in it. Uh, there's a, there's a hip hop in it. I was able to put that in. I was able to put some pop music in it. But when you hear it all together, it doesn't go from opera to techno. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's a very smooth transition and based on the visuals and the story the music you're going to hear is going to make sense based on the context and that's the hard part right that's the tricky part to kind of strike that balance trying to figure all that out but yeah i'm having a lot of fun doing it man. see but me i'm a visual person too so i would like just to be there in person just to see it live man the oh. experience because i've gone i've done the the harry potter uh when uh when they did the harry potter theme uh, yeah. with the orchestra playing i've been to one of those live shows it's nothing like it it's amazing but it something yeah. like this man i would i would fly to toronto if i could to be able to see this show live and i know you're putting oh, it together you. but seeing it live would be would be phenomenal uh but for you has edm been the one of the biggest uh successes for you when it comes to to music i mean that's more recently right i mean um i wouldn't say it's my biggest success um, when I first started out in music in uh, the early 2000s, I was privileged to work with uh, some pretty big name people. I worked with Swizz Beats. At the time, he was married to uh, Mashanda. Mm -hmm. uh, that was his first wife. And we, I, we did two songs with her. Um, who else? We worked with Just Blaze. We worked with Elephant Man. Um, I worked with some other people at Rockefeller. There was also uh, Duck Down Records. I worked with Black Moon. Those guys are like the coolest guys ever. Um, and it was kind of cool, you know, meeting some, a lot of these really cool hip hop legends that I grew up listening to. You know, I thought a lot of them were gonna be just like assholes, but they weren't, you know? I mean, they were they were really, really cool. And um, I also had the privilege, at, at that time, my lawyer was the same lawyer as Eminem. And that was when 50 Cent's album, his first album was just coming out. So it was very, New York was just super crazy with, Eminem and 50 Cent. And it was nuts just going to visit my lawyer because I'd walk in his office and you'd see all these famous people. Like, I remember one time I went in, Wu Tang Clan was just sitting there, just hanging out. And I walked, I'm like, wait a minute, this, <laughs> that, that can't be 36 Chambers. Yeah. They were just hanging out, bro. They were just sitting in the lobby. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was pretty cool. We had some, we had some good moments and good experiences. So, with you having the, the different genres that you do, whether it be hip hop, whether it be EDM, how do you balance that? How do you find what project you want to work on? Let's say, do you record one EDM song and then you, you'll switch over and you record a hip hop song? How do you find that balance in, in between what you're doing? Um, you know what the funny thing is? Um, it's all feeling. 
when I first started out a few years, years ago, it was really hard for me, right? It was because I didn't know, like, should I focus more on hip hop because that's my background? A lot of people know me for that. And to be honest with you, it would have been easy because you can make a lot of phone calls and pull up some of your old contacts. But I wasn't interested in going viral overnight based on my past history. I wanted to leave my past in the past and focus on myself because I've never been, quote unquote, the artist before, before I was running a record company. And I had other artists that I had to focus on. Uh, but for me, I eventually realized that you just need to relax and go with a feeling. And I focus more on the story. So based on the story that I'm trying to tell, I feel a certain genre based on that story makes total sense. Now, at the same time, uh, sometimes my brain wants to do one thing, but my fingers want to do something else. <laughs> it happens. So uh, that happens to me a lot. Like just, I think five days ago, I made this new song. It's, I, I love it. It's like a really dope track. I'll send it to you after we're done. It's coming out next week. And I sat down to do a hardcore techno song, like 140 BPMs, just pure, like for my hardcore techno fans. I did not make that at all at all at all the complete opposite happened and uh it's more groovy it's got more of a funky hip-hop feel to it but it's a very high tempo um and i sampled the fuck out of kanye west on this track so you're gonna love it i mean the, the thing with kanye says so many crazy things but i've sampled his 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 craziness maybe four times but what i like to do is take some of the insane things that he's said and turn it into a positive. And, and I'm able to chop it, chop some of his samples where it sounds good and sounds positive and take the negativity out of it. Um, so I hope, one day he, I hope one day he hears it and says, hey man, this is pretty cool. This is pretty cool. Because I remember when I originally said this, I didn't get positivity, the reaction from that. So I like how you blend genres together i mean it's amazing yeah. like you can blend different sounds so when you do edm do you blend hip-hop in that as well do you put some of that stuff in there is it like a blender for you do, uh, how, like what is the one song you can say that you blended all the genres that you've that you're into i would say like if you listen to my song uh bad guy that's kind of a mix of a edm with a hip-hop feel or groove to it, especially halfway through the song, the beat changes. Um, I have another song called Anderson Cooper. That That's another song. It, it's, it's, it's amazing. I love that track. And it's very positive, right? It's all about um, when he announced his birth. I was washing my dishes one day in the kitchen and CNN was on. He's talking about the birth of his new son. And he was so moved and passionate and crying. He was so happy. I was moved and inspired by it. And I wanted to kind of capture that happiness. So I sampled his whole speech and chopped it up and used certain words. And I made this song called Joy and Happiness. And um, it's very positive. It's, it's, it's very groovy. If anybody, if you guys haven't heard it, I suggest you check it out and tell me what you think. Man. I Wow. I, listen, you, you're blowing me away right now because you, <laughs> seriously, it's like it. you are a genius when it comes to this stuff. Oh, Honestly, 
because you can take bits and pieces from something that you hear and you can turn around and you can make an entire song out of it. That takes absolute talent. Yeah, it, it took me a while to figure it out. But yeah, I think and you know what the crazy thing is, I just needed to relax. I, I, there was a time where I had so many nerves, uh, so many expectations of myself, thinking what other people expect of me. And one day my wife told me, just calm down, relax. And if you're not going to have fun, if you're not a fan of your own music, then how can you expect other people to be a fan of your music? Absolutely. So that really stayed with me, right? So if I, in other words, if I make something and I don't naturally want to hit repeat, right? I'm able to dis disassociate myself from the artist who made it as opposed to somebody listening to it. But if I don't generally want to hit repeat after the first time I heard it, then I, I, I start again, I start over. And I think that's where you gotta be. So now, if you look at my stats, which is really cool, it took me a long time to get to this point. Now my ratio is five to one, which means for every Dr. B listener on Spotify, they listen to five of my songs or the same song five times. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really hard thing to do with, with the billions of people out there listening to music to get people to stay on your page and say, oh, this is dope. Let me, let me check out another one. Oh, let me check out another one. Let me check out another one. Or let me hear the same song multiple times, or let me just listen to three songs, you know, one time each, whatever it is. The point is my listeners are hanging out with me. They're spending time with me. I have over 50 songs in a large catalog, so they could really go through it, connect with you on a different level. And, and discover a lot of new stuff, right? I also make like a lot of pop music. I have three acoustic songs that I released. Uh, it's not hip hop at all, no drums at all. It's just me and a guitar. And I right. hired a vocalist to do singing. So, you know, I'm very, I'm a very emotional person. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm very passionate about love, kindness. Like I've written maybe 12 songs about how much I love my wife. Like I've written so many songs, she doesn't even care anymore. Right. So, and I released them. So, you know, I, I, and, and the funny thing is at first they didn't catch, but they're the last eight to 10 months, they've been catching. And I've been getting a lot of women and men saying, Hey, your breakup songs, man, they helped me through a hard time Or I was listening to this other song. And I was surprised because I love your EDM music. I didn't know you made this. So, yeah. I like to tell her, uh, this is one of the, uh, a young man that I interviewed um, a couple of weeks ago. He, and he said this perfectly. He said, music is an influence. Whether people want to believe it or not, music has an influence over people, period. It does, yeah. You know what I mean? So you have, it's just That's like- very well said. Yeah, yeah right. And I, it just, it, it kind of threw me back. I'm like, wow, that actually makes sense. Because if you look at it, look at, uh, what are the city girls and look at all these- these women telling these women to go out here and do this to guys and this to the guys yet they're, they're all in love and living their life. They get all these girls living by what they're singing. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? So music does have an influence how people live Big their time. life. Yeah. But if you can bring positivity into the world or help one person, you've making a difference in somebody's life, man. And it's, it's, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty amazing because, I don't really think of that when I'm making the music mm. or when I'm writing a song, I'm just trying to do something emotional and do something creative. And I'm just doing it the way I think the song should go in terms of verses, chorus, lyrics, um, the music, et cetera, et cetera. 
but yeah, when people actually like send you messages and emails and say, I really like this song and stuff. Yeah, it, I, I'm always, I always take a moment and pause because it's, it, it, to me, it's coming out of nowhere, right? And uh, it's all, yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm not one of those, like you don't, I, like on my records, you don't hear a lot of swearing. I mean, sometimes there is, but not a lot. You don't hear a lot of, you never hear N words or anything like that on my records. Yeah. And I'm not knocking anybody else. I'm just saying it's just not the type of music that I make. That's all. It's your style. But if I, it's but if I do, but if I do work with a vocalist and a vocalist feels the need to say certain things, I never, never uh, uh, censor them or tell them don't say this, don't say that, because I know how important it is for them to express themselves. And I always love to give other artists that I'm working with room to breathe. Right? I always tell them this is what I need, but I'm giving you room to kind of go off and do this, 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 or melodies like this. And I've always had the best experience when you let people do that, when you just let them be themselves. You know what I mean? I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. I, I'm the same way on my show. So I don't, I don't cuss on my show. I'm very professional on my show because, you know, you don't know who's ever, who's listening. You just don't. And yeah. I want to make sure, let everybody know, you know, cause there might be a guest on, they might not like the way I'm speaking if, you know, I'm being too vulgar. So I don't, I don't cuss. I don't, I don't present myself that way. I'll let my guests speak however they want to speak because that's the point. This is an open platform. And I like having guests on like you because you're, you're genuine in what you do. This is, this is a real passion that you have and learning and listening. I mean, you've done so much already. Like you're still a young guy. It's not, you haven't, (laughs) you know what I mean? You haven't even peaked yet, not even close. And you just continue to keep climbing. And, and this is the kind of stuff, you know, that you should be on, you know, a, a, a bigger podcast than mine. But I appreciate you coming on my show because you've been there. You've dealt with stars and you don't have that mentality. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not big enough for, for, for you to talk to, which I oh, really no, appreciate no, no. because you get some of these people out here that work with big artists that think they're, you know, now that they've, they've you know, talked and worked with some of these big artists, they, they're too good to speak to the guy like me, knowing that they started out the same way. And oh, I that's crazy. Yeah, no, no. I, you know what the funny thing is? I spoke to, um, I got a message from somebody who wanted me to be on their podcast about 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to come on. So we're talking and trying to schedule a date. And then she, uh, she tells me, oh, by the way, I'm 12 years old. <laughs> I, I, I have a, a, you know, it's a podcast for kids and stuff. And yeah. a lot of people don't want to come on my show because they don't take me seriously because I'm 12. But I want to be honest with you. And if you feel you don't want to come on, I'll be disappointed. But, you know, and I, I'm my I literally have a daughter that's 12. OK, I have another one that's going to be 16 in two weeks, which I'm totally freaking out over. But that's a different story. Oh, I know. I have three teenagers at home. I have 15. Oh, you do? 13 years. oh yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, all so you sons. Know what I'm going through. <laughs> all sons. Yeah, I have four sons and one daughter. My daughter's eight, but my, I have three teenagers. Two, my twin boys are 13, my oldest is 15, and my youngest boy is seven. It's, it, trust me, I, I know what you're going through when it comes to dealing with this <laughs> in <the> house. <laughs> yeah, no, but I was telling her that, listen, I would love to come on your show. I thought it was really nice. I thought it was cute. Uh, the fact that she's the same age as my kid, like I'm not, I would never, yeah, I'm just not that type of person. I would do the biggest show. I'd also do the smallest show. You know what I mean? If you're willing to talk to me, I'm willing to talk to you. No problem. And that, and that makes, you know what? And that makes people fans. It, it really does. It makes people support you. And I, for one, I'm going to support, keep support you from this oh, point on. You, you know what I mean? I, seriously, you, you inspire people to be, to be great. You inspire people to be creative. 
it's a gift that you have and you, well, you just have you. to keep so you have to, you have to keep spreading that around uh, for people to be able to to you know find what works for them to find what they're passionate about and your music yeah. does that but now thank you no problem but what has been for you what has been the biggest pain point for you in music right now what has you found what have you found to be the biggest and the hardest thing that you have to deal with in the music industry to this point um do you mean in the past when I was doing music or do you mean currently Over, right now just overall current past what has been the biggest pain point for you when it's come to getting your music out there and you know well um in the past I didn't have too many issues getting my music out there or getting um the music heard we we had a distribution deal with Ryko distribution which is owned by Warner Brothers mm-hmm. we had a full sales team you know dedicated to selling CDs tapes and all that stuff um, we were getting some radio play. Uh, we flooded the streets with like tens of thousands of mixtapes. Um, so we were getting some real credibility. You know, I, I got to work with uh, Tony Touch on a mixtape. That was like, as a DJ, that was one of the biggest highlights of my life to work with a legend like Tony. And he's just the sweetest guy. If anybody says Tony's an ass, don't believe him. <laughs> Tony's is the best guy ever. If I believe like they screwed him over, right? Um, but in the past, it was it was pretty easy, but I just wasn't happy because of the environment that I was in. Um, but currently in the present, I would say my biggest challenge is, in the beginning, it was trying to figure out what type of music to make and whether or not my listeners or fans would like it, right? You're just not sure. And I had taken like a 15-year break. So wow. I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous. A lot of the equipment in 15 years is completely different, right? Like now I'm working on standalone machines, flat screens, drag and drop. I didn't, they didn't have that in the early 2000s. So it was a matter of getting used to a whole new way of making music, first of all, and then figuring out, well, what, what do I make? How does it sound? Like how should it be faster tempo, slower tempo? Should it be more underground? Should it be more mainstream? That, that it took me time to figure that out. And my only advice to anybody else is give yourself time, don't rush it. Um, and what I did was I made maybe 15, 20 songs. Like I just kept making songs, making full songs. And I worked with a couple other people and then I realized, okay, you know, for a while, I'm not going to work with anybody else. I'm just going to do my own thing and I'll come back to that. Like I, I was doing different things and I needed to find my footing. Once I did that, I realized I need to give myself time. In other words, when I make a song, I can't just put it out and release it next week. I need to, some time to marinate on it, think about it, tweak it. Like I need some time. So that's why I would make so many songs. So I would give myself, and I also had that catalog, that backlog of tracks. So I said, okay, this is ready. Boom, I could put it out. This is ready. Boom, I could put it out. I was, I was trying to work my way up to putting out multiple songs per year. Now in 2020, I really kind of found my footing and I put out maybe one song a week for seven months, eight months. Just every seven days, I put wow. another track and another track and another track and another track and another. And you know what that, and that's what was the turning point for me. What that did was, you have to keep in mind that when you're 
whether you're an artist, whether you're in business, it, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you want somebody's attention, you have to understand that there are 10 billion people asking for 10 minutes. We're all asking for the same 10 minutes, right? People aren't stupid. You can't fool people. Yeah. You can't fool them with BS. You can't fool them with, oh, I have this track, listen to it and give me a million streams. People want to know that you're serious. Otherwise, why should they invest their time into you? They don't know you. You're just some random guy that said, hey, I have a new song out, right? So what that did was it gave me credibility. On, especially on social media, people started checking out my bio and started saying, okay, this guy, he's worked with a lot of people. I understand who he is. Oh, he's got a new song out. Let me check it out. Oh, there's another song coming out. Oh, let me check it out. Now, it, it showed people that I'm a serious artist and you should pay attention. Why? Because this is the type of music I'm making. I'm putting on music on a regular basis. You may enjoy it. You may not. And that's okay. But maybe you'll like the next one. And the more I kept doing it, the more people were discovering me. And then I realized I was a little hesitant about making different genres of music when I really started catching my footing in house and techno. And I thought maybe this might alienate my base. You know what happened? The complete opposite. It didn't. It expanded my base. And over time, what happened was as I was releasing more tracks, you now have 20 singles. 21, 25, 30, 35, 36, 37. So every single time that new person is checking your page, they're seeing more stuff. They're seeing the catalog is bigger and bigger. You're yeah. giving people more things to go through. Now I'm at the point, three years later, I'm getting radio play uh, in the UK on three different radio stations. I'm on the radio in Greece, uh, Norway, uh, five stations in Latin America uh three stations in miami wow I, i'm getting i'm i'm getting some decent radio play and now what people are doing is they hear my stuff on the radio and then they go to google and they say hey let me check out that song uh dreaming of you right that's one of my biggest songs and then they go to my page and then when they go to my page they say holy crap this guy's got over 50 songs i really like that one song but let me check some of these other maybe yeah. he's got some songs like that song that i like turns out that i do so then they start streaming those tracks and now we start developing like this bond and this relationship um and eventually those listeners turn into fans and fans turn into super fans not all of them but you know some of them it's con it, yeah. it's consistency i think consistency is a key to everything it's like same thing with podcasting yeah. You have to be consistent. I have podcasts. I've been doing this for a year and about eight months or so, six or seven oh, months. Wow. Um, and I started out with 10, 10 downloads. Uh, you know, now I'm, I'm averaging over a hundred a week. And it's oh, just, that's amazing. Right. But thank you. But people like people don't understand. People want to, it's a microwave generation. People want to rush things. I understand what it's going to take for me to build this thing. But when I have, when I keep continuing to have guests like you, where people want to hear one of my first episodes has garnered, you know, well over 400 downloads and wow. right. And it, what it didn't at first, it was only like 60 and it just, just consistent and consistent. Yeah. You know, where most of my listeners are coming from, I, honestly, besides the U S the biggest market for me is India, believe it or oh, not. That's amazing. Yeah. Where people are listening, uh, listening to my podcast. So, you know, I, and I appreciate it because, uh, you know, I'm like you, I just want to keep putting out good content for people yeah. to listen to and inspire people to, to move to that next level. Yeah, so what sure. what projects do you have coming out? Where can people find you? 
uh, let everybody know. Well, you can, I'm definitely still working on my visual album, Dragonfire. Um, you can, that should be out next year. We probably have about maybe eight, 10 more months of post-production to do. Mm -hmm. um, you can check me out on Twitter. I am, uh, so it's I-A-M-D-R-B, uh, the number six. I share a lot of uh, storyboards and updates and things like that on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram, um, I underscore A-M, dr dot underscore b uh, i'm also on youtube i i use my uh, uh birth name jonathan borden so you can check me out on there and watch the dragon fire uh, trailer and i got a new song coming out on may 10th called unreal so that's pretty cool and uh if anybody who likes kanye west you'll love this track he wasn't a part of it but i sampled the crap out of it uh, <laughs> listen I, listen you're an inspiration to a lot of people you, i Thank mean you. you keep pushing you jump from one thing to the other and you're you know, you find a way to be successful in this. I think it's something a lot of people need to take note of. Um, I thank you for coming on the show. Oh, uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, this man. So much fun. Yeah. And giving you some, you know, you give me some of your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, but before we jump off, what I like to tell people all the time is uh, no matter what anybody says, if you found your purpose, live it. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.